0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Price of the Boston Globe. Welcome back to another edition of the Patriots Report. Today's guest is Boston Globe columnist and fellow charter member of the Mark Bavaro fan club, Tara Sullivan. Tara's written for the Bergen Record, the New York Daily News, and Newsday. You can follow her on Twitter at globe underscore Tara. Tara, thank you very much for joining me. And My first question to you is what's been the biggest surprise this season when it comes to rookie quarterback Mac Jones?
1: Uh, Wow, that's a great one to start out with because there's been so many really good ones. You know, I think for me, I don't know if it's as much as a surprise or just what has impressed me the most is just his ability to hang in the pocket and be tough. You know, I Mm -hmm. think that's such a big transition from the college game to the NFL and the level of hits and the speed at which they come at you. And I think the um, the toughness aspect, it's not to call other guys not tough or whatever, but I just think the way he has hung in there um, has surprised me and impressed me at the same time.
0: It has been impressive for for a guy who and and I don't want to say that, you know, he wasn't considered a quote unquote tough guy coming out of college the fact that he's been able to do what he's been able to do, especially at the start of the year where he was down so many offensive linemen and he was getting knocked around a little bit, uh, you know, things have changed, you know, moving forward, but it, it has been very impressive to see him continue to bounce back after, you know, a series of, I don't know what you call them, setbacks <laughs> or whatever the case may be.
1: But big hits for sure. And I think you're a hundred percent right. Like coming out of college, we heard all the good stuff, right? Like the, the speed at which his brain processes the game the accuracy you know we heard the good stuff but i didn't often hear the toughness mentioned and and maybe he just didn't get hit as much you know and it's just one of those things you don't really know until you're in the cauldron and i just think he's responded well to it not only just physically sort of bouncing back but being Know, never getting, never showing any annoyance with teammates or never expressing any, not that he would as a rookie, but still, you know, frustration early on with some of those holes and gaps along the offensive line, which, as you said, are kind of rounding a little better into shape, but we're certainly there early on.
0: The thing that, that one of the other things that stands out for me is, and I was talking about this with someone in Buffalo the other day, where he's been able to walk a very fine line between being deferential to the veterans but also showing leadership. He, he hasn't kind of called anyone out by name, but there have been instances this season where you've looked at him, or I think we've all looked at him collectively and said, this is a guy who is in charge of this offense. This is someone who is kind of coming into his own even though he's what 22, you know, 22 yeah. 23 years old.
1: Yeah, I think you're you're right and part of it is buying immediately into this quote-unquote patriot way, which I know, listen, we could spend a whole hour discussing whether or not that even exists. But, you know, we know it's similar to what he was learning at Alabama. And it's really about, you know, earning the respect by doing the work. And I think, you know, by every account, What happens is like when you're not the first person to arrive and the last person to leave, nobody really offers that. You know what I mean? It's sort of just by omission. But when you do start to hear them say it, like how often he's watching film, how how much he's fixing things in practice, if if not just content to kind of let it go and we'll we'll get it the next time, but to rerun a play because it's done wrong. I think those are the ways that a young guy establishes a leadership profile you know that that a Devin McCourty can just do now by just saying something, but he, I think Mac Jones has done a good job of sort of showing himself as a leader rather than talking himself up as one, and I think that translates. You're you're right into sort of being the leader of the offense, even if he's not quote unquote the vocal leader. He is in charge of or in control of the offensive mindset.
0: I really enjoyed your column from earlier in the season where you basically said, why can't Mac Jones be the first rookie quarterback to win the Super Bowl? Explain a little bit about your thinking there and some of the responses you've received.
1: Yeah, it just was a chance to, you know, to have a little fun. It was one of those stats that, you know, our colleague Ben Volan had addressed it at the start of this when they when they, you know, when when Belichick named Jones the starter. That quite honestly, I don't know that I had fully just absorbed the fact that it had never happened, you know, that no rookie had. Actually, even advanced to the Super Bowl. Never mind, won one rookie at quarterback. So it kind of got me thinking, and it just, it just feels like the right situation. So why not him? Because pieces are in place. Listen, we all know the variables, the the injuries around him, and things like that. But, but why not him? Because there's so much experience, championship experience around him, and he has shown this sort of, you know, preternatural ability to be calm and poised, and and almost veteran-like in some of his ways. The reaction was predictably hilarious, you know, from <laughs> how dare you, you're going to jinx them. You know? <laughs> don't, don't even bring it up. Um, a lot of emails funny enough about people who still think that Dan Marino did it. So I had to go back through <laughs> I, and I had checked it before before I wrote and I had to go back to pro football reference, you know, that it was actually his second year yep. as the full time starter when he was MVP and went all the way to the Super Bowl and, and lost that game. So um, uh, Marino was was an example that a lot of people email back to me about. But, um, you know, and I guess other guys, what have they gotten to the championship game level, the Dak Prescott's and recently, I just think recently, you see it, right? The shelf yeah. life of a quarterback is so short these days. If they don't hit quickly, teams move on. I don't know. I find much more quickly, like we see the Sam Darnolds or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it yep, just feels yep. like... It happens very quickly. So to me, why not? Because teams are building around, they want to win when the quarterback is young and at his cheapest, right? Like that's your best chance. So mm-hmm. um, I'm still in that camp. Why not? I still think it could be him. Why not him?
0: Well, I, I also think too, you mentioned the, the fact that, that you know, the quarterback shelf life is so so relatively short these days. I think, from a team building perspective, that's your best shot because you get a a rookie quarterback on a relatively inexpensive deal, and you can surround him with relatively high priced veterans. And you know, you you have that window. We saw that in Seattle, obviously with Russell Wilson. Yep. We've seen it in other areas too. Before the before the quarterback gets to that second, you know, that second big contract, this at least theoretically gives you your best chance to win.
1: Yeah, I and that's why drafting the quarterback has never been you know, more important than it is now because so many teams are trying to almost slide the quarterback in as the final piece rather than vice versa. It used to be get the quarterback, you know, and then get all the pieces around him, start with the, but, but the way the contracts go and being so much more manageable cap wise at the start of their careers, um, I do see it more often. Can we slip a quarterback into a great situation and, and really are, are any of us surprised Is any of us surprised that Bill Belichick kind of recognized that formula, a little bit better than those around him not only in you know his scouting of mac jones because i think the rest of the league has to be kicking itself that that they let belichick get him but but also in building a situation you know that was right for mac jones to succeed if 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 zach wilson is with the patriots maybe now he's better than you know what i'm saying like
0: yeah yeah instead
1: he lands with the jets and all their foibles and ridiculous and you know and 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 just not having the the structure in place so um i think belichick even at his age, remains ahead of the curve in a lot of ways when it comes to seeing, you know, how things might play out.
0: I'm glad you bring up McCourty in, mm-hmm. in the fact that, that he is a, an unquestioned leader on this team. And I have this theory specific to the defensive side of the ball. For so many years, that's been a group that's been led by the likes of McCourty and Hightower, these veterans who may not necessarily be the most talented players, but they're the most they're really, in a lot of ways, they're the unquestioned leaders of the mm-hmm. group. Now it feels more and more like this is slowly becoming a Matthew Judon defense. I think for me, Judon is a guy who, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, it feels like he's been in Foxborough for years as opposed to months. The way he carries himself, the way he talks, he has just integrated himself so seamlessly into this New England system.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt he has been the key signing of the offseason. and it's everything, right. It's the play on the field. It's the energy off it. It's the red sleeves. It's the activities on, you know, it's just, he has such, um such an impact I think on the players on his own team. Obviously he has it on the other team. He's already got a career high in sacks and you know, he's fitting right in, but, but he's fitting in. And so in so many ways that I think it is completely fair to kind of feel a little bit of that. Um, he could be the next big star in the defense like you know I'm always fascinated with the way Belichick can bring back players who've been here before and they just play better in this system right than they do anywhere else and I know I think I did one on Jamie Collins this year and Van Noy and those types of guys so having those in place I think those types of players in place in the McCordys helps a guy like Judon integrate quickly but we you know it yeah, it took a whole what three or four weeks. I think in those first couple of weeks, we were like, "Wow, <laughs> will they ever get the game stopping drive?" You know, on defense, <laughs> like, will the game stopping stand." And um, I think the defense has certainly rounded into shape. But yeah, Jude on it, he's a great story this season, and a credit to again, whoever you know targeted him in the off season and said that's the guy we want because he is fit in. You use the word seamlessly is the perfect word for him.
0: I I have a theory also about McCourty and as someone with Jersey roots, I'd love to get your take on this. I think when it's all said and done and Devin McCourty retires, whenever that date is, he will be remembered as one of Bill Belichick's favorite players of all time. Not necessarily one of his best, but one of his favorites. Bill talks him, Bill's (laughs) going to end up talking about him like he talks about Mark Bavaro now.
1: I I could not agree with you more. Um, Even when I worked at the record, you know, which is in New Jersey. And listen, I went to the same university. I'm a, I'm a Rutgers grad and I, and I covered the high school that back in my days that Devin went to. And, I, and I've been around the McCourty's for an awfully long time. And I've heard, you know, other coaches gush as much. Greg Schiano is not somebody to, you know, to laud over people and, and will do the same about Devin. But it was one of the early Super Bowls um, when I was actually covering for the record. And I remember going to one of Belichick's press conferences and I don't even think I asked a question. Somebody asked a question about Devin and the answer I, you know, I thought Bill was ready to marry his daughter off to Devin. Like, it just <laughs> was incredibly um, complimentary. Now, listen, Super Bowl week is the one week where I think, Bill, everything's on the table, right? There's only one more game left to play, and you can mm-hmm. say all the things that you might not earlier in the season because there's just – you're focused on other things. And But I do think Devin um, entered an atmosphere that very few players have. I think you're right about that. I think – I'm fascinated, like, the day he retires – What does he even do next? Because he's such an interesting person. And whether it's, you know, TV, media, advocacy, coaching, anything like he could do anything. I'm almost I don't want to rush him out of this job, but I'm almost just as interested to see what his next job is. But you're right. I at least in my years around Belichick, the few times I'd crossed paths when I worked at the record to now being at the Globe, Devin stands out as the player who he talks about just in a different way. Matthew Slater might come close, yeah. but different roles, right? Like different roles on yeah. the team. And, and um, you know, Devin is just in on every, on so much, so much more. And I, yeah, he's just in rarefied air in, in Belichick's world.
0: Well, speaking of someone who's covered him for a while, what is it about him? Because I, I can, I've, I've had the chance to sit down and interview him in a one-on-one situation before. And he is a, a real pleasure to interview. But but where does that where where do you think that comes from? Where where do you think the character? Where do you think the background? Where do you think do you all feel that? Because where yeah. does that come from? Is that a family thing or is it? Yeah, I old... mean,
1: have you met Mama McCordy? Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a treasure. Um, she went through an awful lot. You know, they suffered some some tough losses with, um, the boy's dad, and and they have an older brother, um, who didn't, you know, significantly older, I think more than 10 years. And and he was a big influence in their life. And yeah, the family was a huge thing. Just, you know, there's no secret sometimes to some of this stuff that their mom was just amazing, you know, emphasizing all the good stuff, all the, the right stuff, helping out, you know, they had each other. I mean, they are as close as twins. You know, my best friends growing up were twins and, and Devin and Jason are even, they take it to a whole new level. You know, their kids are so intermingled. Their kids are all close in age. They, they, you know, would, would, sit in a crib and and fight over a football, you know, like they, the mom loves to tell stories. I think having each other helped a ton. Um, being in college together did help a lot, not being too far from home, I think was good for them. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there's no, I don't think there's a magic formula. I just think they're just really good people who were raised by really good people.
0: It is. It, it's amazing to be able to get to to sit down as high. And I say the same thing about Slater too. If you yeah, get a chance, you know, one, one of the yeah. really fun parts of our job is, is being able to meet people like that. And again, we don't know, you know, we we think we know them and we get kind of social currency off the field, but right. you know, <laughs> being able to sit down with them, I, I think it's, again, like I said, it's, it's, it's one of the real joys of of kind of doing what we do. I want to get your take on, on this game specifically heading into mm-hmm. Monday night Patriots bills And I've been talking with people in upstate New York, and there is a sense of, I don't want to call it dread, but a feeling that, that and and I think that they believe that they had kind of squashed a lot of the ghosts last year when when they came into Foxborough and crushed them on Monday night. This is a new day. It's a new era. This is a new Bill's Patriots rivalry, but there's a feeling now of, oh my God, it's happening again.
1: <laughs> and I think that's the most fun, fascinating, whatever storyline. Like this game, when you looked at the start of the season, was all set up as the carnation for the Bills. Like, let's make it final. Let's slam that door on the Patriot dynasty of the division, you know, of their dominance of the division. Let's end it once and for all. We're going to be, you know, and especially after the first few games of the year, the Pats are one and three, the Bills are rolling. Like you kind of circled that game, and it was going to be all about the Bills. That game was going to be all about the Bills. And now, Anything you turn on, whether it's talk radio or, or ESPN or NFL Network, it's all about the Patriots. It's about what the Patriots have done since then, how they've turned it around, how they're back to what they used to be, the big, bad Patriots. And everybody, in, even in the national conversation now, the the fascination, the interest, the curiosity, all of it is landing on the Patriots and what they've done. And I think you're right, the Bills have to be shaking their heads like – like almost like whiplash. Like, how did that happen? You know, like this was supposed to be all about us and suddenly it's all about the Patriots. And that's, you know, to me, it just speaks to what, what Belichick has done, you know, with this team. And it's, it's, it's a hell of a fun ride right now, whether it continues or whatever, but, Um, I think it's a far better storyline than we even anticipated. And Monday night's game, it almost feels like a bit of a pinnacle, you know, for what the Patriots have done with this mini turnaround.
0: One of the things that seems to stand out for me about this year's Patriots team, and, and it seems kind of corny and maybe a little bit overblown, but they seem to really like each other. Yeah. They, they seem to, right. there's a real level of affection. And I I mean, yeah. I just point to the, you know, the Damian Harris touchdown last week, the Jacoby Myers touchdown a couple of weeks ago, yeah. those moments of public, you know, the, the public displays of affection really kind of blow me away a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I see for me, I just, I think the mix of what's on this roster is just so interesting because you do have like that, those oldest veteran guys from the high towers and Slaters and McCordy's or whatever, you know, like guys have just been around so much and, you know they're not jaded by any means, but they kind of know how, and then you have like these new additions who are young and at the peak of their game the guys like Judon, who you know, and John o. Smith and Hunter Henry, who want to show the world, you know, like we belong and we're so good. And then you have this youthful, complete like exuberance of the Mac Joneses and, and Ramondre Stevenson, you know, Damien Harris isn't he's young enough, you know, mm-hmm. and like I just think that that when you put that all together it doesn't always work, right? We all know that these are all chemistry experiments, but with these guys in this group, I think that the levels of, of what they have there has just made for just a really good mix. And I think, you know, even early on the way when they lost James white, right. Seeing the reactions from the rest of the guys, but then seeing on James White's Twitter account, how he's always posting about, Mm -hmm. you know, great plays throughout the game. Like I do think um, there is a, a deep kind of a camaraderie that you just, you don't see it every year. You don't have to have it. But when you do have it and it's evident, it can be a lot of fun. And I do think they exude that, this group.
0: It's an easy comparison to make. But for me, this team reminds me of the 2008 group just because there's no Brady. I I was wondering if you had an easy comp that came to mind. But there's no real simple you know, no. back in the day where when, when Brady was there, you could be like, Oh, well, this team reminds me of the 2016 right. or the, yeah. Is, yeah. is there a group that, that this team reminds you of, that there's a comparable, you know, New England team of the past for.
1: Well, for me, and I think, you know, our colleague, Ch- Chad Finn wrote this too, but you know, I just keep, I do think of a one a lot because even though Brady wasn't a rookie, he was the guy, you know, that you didn't yeah. really yeah. know what he had. And he was still building that, that resume. And um, they, they're, I think they had even that season, a big game against the Chargers, right? That they won. And then they went on a streak. Like I, not for any yep. real reason of like the players themselves, but just the vibe around it. Like that's the one I would turn to now, obviously I know it's crazy for anybody to compare to one for what touched off that year and what happened. But the, to me, that's the one and I enjoyed what Chad wrote about that because I feel like that's what the fans would love, you know, yeah. another very, like that, if that were to happen again, my God, Belichick would be, forget it on the Mount Rushmore of everything. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Football coaches. We might just carnate them now.
0: (laughs) I I, want to get your take on and and I I know that you've written a lot about Mark Bavaro in the past. Mm -hmm. And and I know that I've written about Bavaro, like I said, you know, we're we're charter members of the the Mark Bavaro fan club, the Massachusetts chapter. One of the things that blows me away the most is that you can just kind of, he's, he seems like a very average guy. And I don't say that as necessarily a character flaw, but he's kind of settled into this post football life. And you could just call him up and talk yep. about football. You know, yeah. he, he's just like, sure, fine, whatever, you know, this is a guy who should be living in, you know, maybe some rarefied air where he's, you know, tougher to get in touch with through an agent or through, you know, through, through, you know, through a PR person or whatever. I want to get your favorite Mark Bavaro story before we wrap up.
1: Well, for, you know, for people who, who don't know me, I did grow up in New Jersey. My dad was a giant season ticket holder. I mean, that's that's our roots. You know, we came through the Giants and I graduated high school in 86. So you can imagine, <laughs> you know, the bulk of my viewership was from the 86 and 90 Super Bowls. So um, so, of course, as a fan, you know, it's it's Bavaro Dragon, the 49ers. I mean, it's just that you yep, cannot yep. point to any other play. And it it he just helped so much make the Giants you know, tough and respectable again. And, and he was, he just was that New Jersey, even though he's not a Jersey guy, but like that New Jersey ethos of kind of like just being tougher than the next guy and Mm -hmm. being able to stand up to all of Bill Parcells's meanness and attacks (laughs) and everything. So on the field, it was, it's certainly the, the 49 and anybody can YouTube, it. it's, it's his most famous, just, you know, um, dragging, dragging human bodies, um, down the football field and then you know professionally though I have to say it's the couple years back when um, gosh you'd have to help me place the exact game but Rob Gronkowski was battling some injury I think it was the AFC championship game and he mm-hmm. essentially turned himself into a sixth offensive lineman yeah he was incredible as a blocker that night um, kind of gave up he had one big catch I think late in the game but really sacrificed sort of you know what we were used to seeing as his offensive game to um, to help the Russian game maybe it was that win against the Jaguars maybe it was that game
0: I think so I think yeah the the AFC championship game yeah
1: yeah yeah and and um at the end of it I just I kept thinking about Bavaro so I kind of snuck to the back of the press box and tried as you said just dialed the number and (laughs) sure enough he had watched the game and he just you know he kind of talked to me about how important that was how impressed he was that that was even more impressive to him than that anything would, you know, Gronkowski would do even in the catching game. And I just, I so appreciated that. I mean, personally, I think Bavaro is a hall of fame caliber tight end. I just don't think he played long enough for the voters, but what he did and the impact um, on the position, I, you know, is just, it's, it's so important in the history of the evolution of the game. So that professionally, like that was sort of my favorite, moment and I and you know I, I went back to him a few times as Gronk retired as he changed took on a new team everything but I always felt that Bavaro's perspective for me um because I, I love to call him like that perfect Belichickian yep. tight end you know he just did everything and and you're right the way Bill talks about Devin we could get that maybe you could throw who Randall Cunningham there's a no it's uh it's uh, Vinny Testaverde, right? Vinny Another Testaverde. Yeah. D-
0: Dave Jennings is in that group. Too? Yes, they
1: get <laughs> they get, no, get no, yeah. so much love. But um, but yeah, Bavaro just you know, for a Giants fan growing up in the '80s, there's it's hard to it was hard to like anybody more.
0: I've always said, get yourself someone who talks about you the way Bill Belichick <laughs> talks about Mark Bavaro.
1: That is that is well that is good advice for anybody out there looking for love because <laughs> Bill loves him. <laughs>
0: Tara, thank you so much for doing this. I want to let people know where they can read your stuff. They can, Like I said, they can follow you on Twitter at Globetara underscore. But, but if they want to kind of check out what you're doing, you're, you're obviously in the globe. You got anything else going on?
1: Um, no, I'm a, I'm a globe devotee. So go to <laughs> BostonGlobe.com and read us all. Read Chris, read me. The section is, is the bomb. It's the best. And we appreciate all the clicks and the follows from all the listeners and readers out there.
0: Tara, thank you so much for doing this. Take care, and hopefully we can hook it up again real soon down the road. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.